Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey guys, thanks again for tuning into the Whole Room Mess Podcast. Today, Kim and I are gonna talk about our prior lives on local and network television, all of the weird stuff you never hear about or even think about when you're watching TV. Yeah, just some weird celebrity encounters. Including the time that Kim openly flirted with George Clooney. It was amazing. And there was nothing I could do about it. It was so amazing. Let's start the show! Good evening, everyone. Hello now, it's a podcast. Ben and Kim and two microphones and the producer Max Tunes. Give it a bit of a but up up. We are normally on YouTube and Facebook. But this podcasting that we're trying now is gonna be a what? It's the whole mess, and it's time to start the show. Thank you very much. Make sure to tip the waitresses in the back. Okay. Time for the show. Babe. I'm going to keep talking until Max goes ahead and turns down the volume because it feels good being up. Okay, did you just use the word milieu in a song? It rhymed with two. <laughs> two milieu. Did you type that into the random rhyme generator? No, I it, no, I use that term a lot. Uh, okay, name it three times you've used the term milieu. Okay, just <laughs> earlier on, we were talking about all the different places you can listen to the Holder Mess podcast, like Spotify and Twitzy and Flurber or whatever all the other names of the place. I just made those last two up. Whatever your milieu is that you prefer, you can listen to the Holder Mess podcast. That's one. Okay. Two. <laughs> He's sweating. <laughs> we were watching SNL last night and talking about how this musical thing might be Donald Glover's strongest milieu. Yep. 
Okay. That's all I get. Yeah. He's amazing. I know. Yeah. I know. This like we're dating ourselves a little bit, but I, the people should still be. Whenever this airs, people should still be watching that 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 show. It was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And then I'm gonna let you off the hook for the third. Thank you. This is like yeah. W- welcome to the on. Holder Mess. Welcome to our lives. I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Penn. And I keep trying to find a good open for us. Um, we've we've tried heavy metal. We've tried rap. We've tried country. Country. Uh, so t- I went big band tonight. And well, I, I didn't I'm, mind this. I oh. Had- I, I didn't mind it. Uh, you know what it is? Because when I listen to the to a podcast personally, I'm folding laundry, I'm walking the dog, I'm doing something else. So it's nice. I just like a nice, easy, something nice and easy. I mean, it was a little, a little old, old-ish. Okay. Well, so <laughs> so more modern, big band, more modern, less well, we all know where I'm going with this. <laughs> oh, what are you doing? <laughs> That's coming up next week. No. Okay. Um, so, okay. So, Kim, you almost liked it, but we're still not quite there. Right. We, I am 0 for 5 now in the podcast opens, but you liked this one more than... You hated this one less. I hated it less, okay. which is Good. honestly goals in life, just to hate things less than I normally do. Okay. So, guys, thanks for joining us again. Um we're going to spend some time today talking about our former lives. Uh, we, it's interesting. We have, like, I think, a unique perspective uh, because now we are creators on YouTube and Facebook and we do this. But we spent a long time working in newsrooms and holding cameras and sitting in front of edit bays and holding microphones up to politicians in our prior life as local news, entertainment, and TV reporters. And right now, it's so tough to hear. There's so many people calling. Um, it's so hard to be a journalist right now. And I still have a lot of friends that are journalists because they are they should be held to high standards. And there are, of course, like in any profession, there are journalists that are not in it for the right reasons. Um, but I think, in, especially in local news, it's really hard to create fake news in local news, right? I mean, cause in, in local news, you are reporting on who won the election, who lost the election, about that car crash and about how that one street was to put in a stop sign. It is really hard to be to have a slant in local news, I feel, at least when, when we were reporting. So, And the way news is now, it does sure appear to be a little more slanted depending on where you watch it. Right, um, I know. And, but that, that being said, one of the stations I worked at in West Palm Beach is now owned by Sinclair Media. Mm-hmm. And we are just we are just going to jump into the, the bath right now. Yep, but I sure still, are. I know. So Sinclair Media is a giant company that owns a lot of smaller local news stations. And they sent out a specific copy about a current issue. I don't, we don't have to get into it. But yeah. it was defending a certain political side pretty staunchly. And they would not allow any of the people in the local news to waver from the script at all, to the point that there is a YouTube clip right now showing 40 or 50 stations all saying the exact same thing on a story. Yeah. Um, which begs the question, is that local news or is that a parent company? But I have some friends that work there still from you know when I worked there 15 years ago, and they are getting it on, on all angles. But today we're going to stay away from the politics and all that stuff. And basically, we're just going to be talking about those awful, terrible, embarrassing moments that we had in our TV news career. Because there were a lot yeah, of them. But as well as some like interesting opportunities and just kind of stuff that, that has happened to us. Uh, and so I'm going to start with you, Kim, and we're going to take you back. Here's my first question. What made you want to go into TV news? 
That's a great question, Penn. Thanks for asking. I have no idea. No, that's not true. I loved writing, and I wanted to be a journalist. And in our previous podcast, we've talked about how somebody made fun of my voice and told me I had a terrible voice and should stick to newspaper. And because they said that, I I really became motivated to then get on TV. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? So you started local news because somebody told you that you can't do it. Right. And okay. it's just really just evidence of how messed up my brain is. Um, no, but it was really thrilling. And I think that I I really got into it for the right reasons. I love to tell stories. I loved, I loved meeting people and telling their stories. Um, I know journalists get a really bad rap, but there were so many times after, I remember after, and several cases after the most horrible thing that would happen in a family they would lose a loved one they would actually reach out wanting to tell their loved ones stories so you know nowadays like oh you're it's an invasion of privacy well no a lot of times these people it was honoring their lost loved ones being able to tell their stories on the news so i took that very seriously um with that we I made some amazing friends and had some really just embarrassing, terrible moments. If YouTube had been a thing back then, I oh, don't think yeah. I don't think that I would have a career right now because I would have been laughed off of just I would be hiding in a basement right now. So how does I think people out here know how someone gets into a law firm? They go to law school, right? If you want to be a doctor, you go to medical school. How do you get a job in local TV news? Well, it's different right now because I think right now you just you try to get on a reality show and have a good Instagram <laughs> following. But back yeah. then you went to journalism school and you put together, you know, you had your friend hold a camera and you put together a resume tape and you sent it, um, you know, on VHS or a DVD. And then you would send it to news directors and they would, you know, hire based on, you know, whatever it was they were looking for. So not only did you have to like move quickly and not miss a deadline, um, you also had to present yourself well and, and all of that fancy stuff okay now you were in local news for a few years and then you moved up and started working for inside edition but when you're in local news as you mentioned it's kind of like a lower level of production and sometimes things happen sometimes things go wrong and quite frequently there are embarrassing moments um you can't find them on youtube because people weren't constantly recording things back then mm-hmm. um tell us about some of your embarrassing moments oh, i had so many pen really um so i thought it'd be a good idea to report live from where this there's this really terrible bar fight where somebody was killed was killed and uh, i decided to write report live from inside a bar at 11 o'clock at night and a guy came by and licked my face as i was going live (laughs) and and instead of acknowledging it and and i just pretended like it didn't happen and which is the worst thing you should do so you looked kind of like a crazy person right was like oh good he licked me now i can continue with the story yeah Uh, i would think the most embarrassing thing though is i passed out on live tv I was oh, reporting right. in Sarasota about the they had stopped performing elective surgeries. They're only doing emergency surgeries because the blood bl- supply was so low, and they were encouraging people to donate blood. Well, to donate blood, you need to weigh 110 pounds, and at the time, this is pre-babies, I weighed 111 pounds, and. So they started withdrawing blood because I thought that'd be a cool live shot to show it live on TV. And by the time you got done withdrawing blood, you weighed less than 110 pounds right. probably, well, right? Like well, they didn't yeah. get all the way through because all, it was like somebody was drawing the curtains and it, my face went just white. And the anchor's name at the time was Vita, 
or bonus. And I just said, I was like, and they've stopped performing elective surgeries. Goodbye, Vida. And I just said, goodbye, Vida. And then Not you back said, to you, Vida. Goodbye. <laughs> and it just like, goes like I'm all. I'm dying now. I, it like, goes all fuzzy. Um, there's yeah. no YouTube and for this? No YouTube. What was Vida's face like? You obviously watched know. the air check. The air check was this thing you know that everybody never had. Did you didn't? Because I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed that that happened. Um, so what's the, only, the air check? So yeah, the only way that people get these videos when they're live, because no one at home is recording them. There was that period of time where there was neither a VHS um, and nor like a DVR, and that was kind of when we came up. And uh, and so it's this tape that the local station has, and they tape over it every month. So if you want to get something, you got to dump it down onto another tape in that month. So the air check, for example, there's this bit on Inside Edition where Bill O'Reilly loses his yeah. mind. We're going live! Yeah. We're doing so, it live! So somebody from that show obviously took the air check and saved it. Mm. And then had it long enough and it had to be like a 10 year or 15 year period where that person just refused to get rid of that tape and then it came time to upload it and he was able to upload it and I'm sure that person probably doesn't have a job anymore because he uploaded it or was given a raise or was given a raise <laughs> but I've been interviewed by Bill O'Reilly I was on his show that's remember? right about he was so repulsed by your story that you did right right Wasn't I, so it I was one? a reporter on Inside Edition oh, so God. he was tell him what the story was about oh my god well, there <laughs> might be kids listening so Inside Edition great show ish no it's great i'll try to childify the story you want me to try it well okay no so there was a um so bill i was just on his show basically i was telling him about the story i had reported on um it was a handyman that had broken into this very attractive girl's apartment to then do things with the furniture in her house and she set up a hidden camera because she just she would walk into her apartment like something's off, and so she had the video, and that means we had the video, which means we showed it on Inside Edition because we're classy like that. <laughs> so um, there was a period of time. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, and so then I was I was six months pregnant with Lola on Bill O'Reilly talking about this super classy, classy occurrence. You kind of became the freak show reporter for a while at Inside Edition, and I could not have been happier because I didn't have to go to any of these places. They all seemed to be happening near Houston. No, I would spend a lot of time in Florida, which is where I grew up, and in Texas. I was like the freak show. So somebody gets your finger cut off in a salad, Kim, get on an airplane. You had two. You had a finger in a hot dog and a finger in a salad. I was was that reporter. If something weird happens, and if it's caught on tape, send Kim. But you would get these phone calls at like 10 o'clock at night. And like, Kim, you're on a 6 a.m. flight. Somebody cut off their finger. Yeah. And that would always be. (laughs) And they put in a salad in a drive thru. And they kept it. Yeah. Anyway. And when you were able to stay in town, we were living in New York at the time, it was always some sort of weird new fashion trend, like putting chocolate on your face or, um, uh, or putting beer in your hair. Or I, I yes, like, that was a good. Those good times were had by all. Can, can I tell a story as well um, of something that that happened while you were at Inside Edition? So you also were kind of the reporter who they would send you out, like when Martha Stewart went to prison. Oh my gosh, it's terrible! You, so you like stayed in West Virginia for a while, and then also just anytime there was a celebrity who had a question, you're kind of like the little like leprechaun that jumps out of the bushes to ask like oh. the questions to the Inside famous person. Edition at that time was not really invited a lot of places, um, but let me tell you about the Martha Stewart thing. So it was just me, and it was in a 
little town in West Virginia where she went to prison, the, at the time there was no cell phone signal. So to call into Inside Edition, I would have to go to the top, the, like the highest hill, and which was a cemetery. So like three times a day, I would have to drive up to a cemetery to get cell signal. And I'm like, guy, I, I'm standing out in front of the prison to get him her driving in. We don't know when she's driving in. I'm like, guys, do you have, like there was no, it was it was the most, I basically stood outside for 24 hours and then she drove in and then they wanted me to stay the weekend in West Virginia in this place with no cell phone signal by myself, just in case. I'm like, is like she going to walk out? out? Is she going to walk out and I'm going to interview? And so like newsflash and inside edition, I did not. I went back to New York. I'm like, if she walks out and gives interviews, first of all, she's not going to, or if there's some, there's not going to be a prison fight. This is not, this is. Yeah, I'm. I'm not staying here. Um, that was that was the one. I am such a rule follower. That was probably the one time in my life that I just like this is no. I'm not doing this. Tell us about the times you would get phone calls from reporters that would ask you to swing by places. Right. So in New, if you work in New York City, everything that's not New York City is um, just they, they call it the Midwest. So like Houston, they'd be like, that's the Midwest. So just swing by Houston on your way to um colorado just swing by and then you know then that and then on your way back swing by florida just swing by yeah so that that is why honestly why we live in north carolina right now because i said pen i need to get off an airplane now so there were a lot of crazy like embarrassing stories there were horror stories like local like local news and entertainment news are they never are what they look like on television you see one percent of what this person is going through in their lives and i think that's a good example of it but there are some cool opportunities that yeah. you had. Like you got to be in movies because you were a reporter. Movie. Oh, movie. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be in one movie. All of those movies. I, yeah. Yes. So I we get we get emails asking this. I had a very, very, very small part in Iron Man. It 3. wasn't that small. You had to speak to I a was part. a reporter and I hung out with Robert Downey Jr. It wasn't yeah. Penn's part actually smaller. It oh was, yeah. It was very small. That's what she said. Sorry. <laughs> Pen does have to be family friendly. <laughs> um, no, but I did. I think that one of the I got to meet George Clooney when I was at Inside Edition. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you said that. Can I just jump in really yeah. quickly? I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, I mean you had never jumped out. Go for it. Right. <sighs> okay, so George, <laughs> George, like I, I, I would go visit you at Inside Edition because I had a very fluid job situation while you were at Inside Edition. Okay, fluid job situation. He was unemployed. I was getting paid. Yeah. More than you. Okay. To not work. Okay. So anyway, I was... That was one of our moments of rejection. Yes. yes go it ahead. was. It was awful. Uh, so uh, anyway, so I'm at Inside Edition. This editor, um, it was Colm, right? Colm's like, Pen, come here. He's, he's Irish. He's like, yeah, Pen, chairs. Come on. Come on over here. <laughs> lucky charms. Uh, they're always after me, lucky charms. Um, no, that's not how he said So he's like, come, he's like, come look at this. And it was the raw video of... Kim oh interviewing George Clooney. Oh my gosh. And so bad. I think they ended up not being able to put it on the air, the part that I'm talking about, because she was so. I mean, it's George. On, stop it. No. Yeah. I do not get starstruck at all because most, most people you see, if you, if you saw a Beyonce, you see anybody like you see them in person, and I, I met J Lo. I mean, and they are beautiful and stunning. Yeah, but they are real people, and they have like flaw. Their skin is not perfect as you think it is, and they, you know, they they're normal people. They are, and you can see the amount of work that goes into getting them camera ready. 
Okay. I just interviewed Zoe Deschanel three days ago in person, and she is flawless. Okay, okay, but there there was a team of people helping her look like that. Okay, <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, right. George Clooney. I'm sorry. I just there was like rays of sunshine and light, and there were unicorns and a rainbow. All right, so here's- and he could be he could have any profession. He could be. The handyman, the plumber. He, in, could do, he and, was and, in one day at a time. <laughs> he actually was. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, and um, he could be all of those things, and he would still be George Clooney. Right. So here's, here's I'm going to do the interview. You ready? Mm-hmm. And you, I, I, you can't see it, but just listen. You'll be able to tell what each person is. Hey, George, what brings you here? I don't know. What are you doing here? Oh! <laughs> She starts flipping her hair. She flips her hair, and she makes a move where she slightly grazes one of her boobs with one of her arms. I'm not joking. I did not. Like we backed it up like three times. Your eyeball, like your face, turned bright red, and you kept tossing your hair. Okay, no, I did not touch any part of my body, but I kept. You grazed it. No, you grazed. I, I kept flipping my hair because telltale sign. Telltale sign, and he was. He was promoting a movie that he had directed, maybe. And I was like, so, like, George, are you, like, and like was, like, my, like, every, like, word. And I was like, so, like, George, like, are you, like, in, do you like being, like, in front of the camera or, like, behind the camera? I don't know. Which one do you like? (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, toss, toss, toss. I. He was, but, like, the thing is, he, like, is, he is, like, I feel like if I asked him the question, he'd be answering that way. He's just very. He was super. He, obviously, he's used to people he has like me. It. Yes, he's yeah. used to people like me. Um, but I was. That is the only time in my life I've been starstruck. And I was like, I watched the tape and I was laughing and like there was a little part of me that was jealous and that lasted like ten seconds. So I was like, what am I going to do? I know. What am I going to do? Because, what am I going to do? Because if you'd met Salma Hayek, what would you? What would happen? Oh. You can't have he's that word right <laughs> he's now. He's flipping his hair right now. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, all right, so <laughs> good talk. So you met George Clooney, you met Robert Downey Jr. You've met a lot of people that are more impressive than me. So congratulations on that. Stop. Um, My mom is going to be so into this podcast. I think I think that's enough about me right now, Penn. Okay. Okay. Um, why did you want to go into news and video? Because I. It's funny. I, I did it because I am an extrovert and I hate being alone. And I thought there would be no better place to be surrounded by people than a TV station, an outward speaking kind of like public sort of situation. I'll never be alone. And it turned out that there's a lot of really lonely times when you work in I was gonna say. local news. Uh, it's like talking to a camera is a very lonely thing sometimes. Um, it's not like performing on stage. Uh, I thought it would be, and it was not. But that was why I originally did it. Um, and I'm just being honest here. Like well, I'm such an extrovert. Like I wanted to be liked. I think about this all the <laughs> you know? time with you yeah. be- because I think if YouTube had been a thing when you were in eighth grade and you had your synthesizer you probably would have started a youtube channel back then and i think you probably would have gone into music and theater and something like that instead of tv don't you think well i did a lot of music and a lot of theater in high school um and my parents always said this is a great hobby for you but when you have to grow up and get a real person's job and i think they still would have said that um and i think i probably would have listened to them but it's. I mean, who knows? It's. You could be right because it's because YouTube picks you. You know what I mean? You don't. That pick being it. said, Penn right now breaking news is writing a musical. Oh, we're gonna let that cat out of the bag. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I almost want to put it out there because I want. 
the Him universe. To it? Well, the universe to to kind of make its magic. Kim has super high expectations <laughs> I do. for this musical. I've already picked out my dress for the Tony Awards. Can we ask as a a fan, uh, as an audience question? Please give us your opinions of what you think this musical is about. Yes, and then we, we won't say it. Yeah, yeah, we'd love to know all of the ideas you're thinking. What he's writing this about? Yes. Because um, I, I still don't know. I've been working on it for four months. Well, you so. can steal one of their ideas. Yeah, exactly. Yes. No, but it's, the songs are amazing. And it's I love just seeing that process in your brain. And just the fact that you can write music so quickly. And it's so funny and relatable. And then you were a sportscaster. But anyway, okay. Well, you're very sweet. So anyway, um, yeah, I started out as a sportscaster. And you made a lot of money, right? Oh, my gosh. So my first job, I found out afterwards from, uh, I can't remember if it was an accountant or someone in human resources, that I should have been uh, applying for food stamps because the number of hours that I was working versus the amount of money that I was getting paid had me below minimum wage. What was your? What was yours? I made thirteen thousand dollars a year. I worked between eighty and a hundred hours a week. I made oh. thirteen five. Yeah. In my first job. Holy uh, cow! I hear all the time they say like radio and TV in those mm-hmm. levels don't pay well, but that's really bad. I I didn't qualify because I actually looked into food stamps because I couldn't afford rent and groceries at the same time and i didn't qualify and i maybe it was the hours worked or there was something happening i can't remember it either i, I don't want to i, wasn't I getting, don't want to misquote it there's going to be somebody like no but, but so basically actually no but i left uh, my first tv after my first year in severe credit card debt because the only way i could afford food was to put it on a credit card yeah um yeah so good times yeah, yeah. It, it was i mean so and you know the reason why there were 300 people who wanted your job right and so the supply demand curve is not good it's a thousand people who want your job one job yeah yeah you don't need to pay anybody yeah, yeah. at so, that level right and then when and, you yeah. and then you become someone but but you have to become someone quite honestly even at um even in Orla- orlando was the biggest city i worked in before i went to inside edition and even then it's you're very you're not I mean, you can you can afford your food without putting it on a credit card, but you're not making a ton of money. Um, so, talk to me about you had a, some fun jobs. What what was your most embarrassing experience on camera? It's not funny. Okay. It's awful. Okay. Um, uh, I was in Daytona when Dale Earnhardt died. For those of you who, even if you don't watch NASCAR, he was uh, in the Southeast was probably as big as Michael Jordan as far as but I know notoriety. who he is so I feel like yeah. everybody yes. is yeah. a, if and, I and, do and also nationwide he was the face of NASCAR for many many years um, he was a he, he had a personality he was the first person anyone interviewed and he died about 200 yards away from me oh. in the infield track of the Daytona 500 on the final lap yeah. when he got pushed into a wall and no one knew he was dead at the time. It was the same day I had just been promoted to be the main sports guy in Orlando and they had a 30-minute show that I had to put on from the track that night. And it was all pre-produced. I was going to put the highlights in, the post game, and then I had all of these features and stuff I was going to talk about. So we find out at 7.30 that he's dead. And the show goes out the window. Yeah. And and I ended up doing telephone calls in. And so, like, obviously, it was heartbreaking that he died. And I'm, But I'm talking about myself, and I feel awful even doing that, but I'm going to do that. Because uh, they couldn't get anyone into the, into the, sta- into the track um, to come in. They wouldn't let anyone in. Police had shut it down. And so I was the only person who could report on it for our local station in Orlando, which is where the Daytona 500 is. And so the entire newscast was them talking to me. And then a 30-minute show afterwards, I had one photographer 
who was in there with me. His name's Terrence. He remembers this too. And we had to do all of the content from there, including the show. It was pre-sold and we had to, to fill 30 minutes, but we couldn't be doing fluffy feature pieces. Right. So the first thing I do, I, I, I get it all done. I'm like, I can do this. I can do this. I can memorize stuff. I was here. I'm, uh, it's my first time, but I'm going to be fine. The first hit, they send it out to me and I say, right over there. 200 yards away, right over my shoulder. That is where Dale Earnhardt Jr. lost his life. Mm. Let me take you back through it. Yada, uh, yada, yada. And I, I kept going, and I called him Dale Earnhardt Jr., which his is his son. son, who is very much alive, who was on the track, and I, I said the wrong name, which sounds which like... Which happens. Yeah. Yeah, Dude, but... The, the radio shows the next day, Aww. Um, all across Raleigh. They, like, Not they, Raleigh. Florida. Sorry, or Orlando. They had the cart that they sent to other radio stations around the southeast, and I was just the butt of everybody's joke. And so the, um, I mean, I, and I, also I did thirty minutes of content and did pretty well with the rest of it. Right, but but the, it all meant nothing because you said junior instead of senior. Right, and it was like one of those like sl- so so. I mean, in the moment. So yeah. I mean, as like the the mom in this situation, I'm like, oh, buddy. Like in that moment, it's dude. It was awful. I know it was awful. And then so all the radio stuff was bad. Um, and then my news director pulled me into her office um, at like four o'clock in the afternoon. I thought I was going to get fired. I was like, all right. Here I go. Here, like I've been, I've been sports director for one weekend. Here goes the end oh, of my career. Man. And she, she walked in. I walked in and she was like, I, I know you know what happened. I, um, I don't think I need to say anything else. Oh, that's a. I mean, I think that's a very yeah. fair way to handle. You didn't do it maliciously. Yeah. I, and I know you got back then. I mean, can you imagine if that had been on Facebook? The comments that yeah. would have been hurled at you would have been terrible. You, so you know what I learned? I learned something really important during that because they a lot of people sent angry emails to our um uh to our station yeah like i think there were 30 of them that were like you got no business putting some rookie out here who doesn't know anything about nascar called him junior i'm insulted i hope you guys lose your your license i asked them to forward me every single one of them and i responded to every single one of them personally and the emails i got back after that were a very different tune when they realized that it was actually going to get to the person who was, yeah, who was writing the note. And so, we, I mean, we've had to learn about that with comments and feedback online. Sure, people get very, um, I know, confident with what they're going to say to people when they know they don't actually have to see them. And then, but I have to say, I mean, this this is not compared to anything what that was like going through you. But I love it when the the eight year olds and you can tell they're eight. They they try to leave an insult on YouTube, and I correct their grammar, <laughs> and I just troll them, and they like stop. You know, you're you know y o you are stupid. I'm like, or, I'm like, no, 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 honey. There's an apostrophe, and it's a conjunction, and I and she's like, like stop bothering me. You st-, and they'll like, misspell something, and I'm like, oh, sweetie, okay, we're gonna do it this time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. That, um, that was really compelling. I mean, that yeah, I'll cut that part out. But yeah, so far, uh, this is an excellent episode so far. Well, I, I, I don't cut that out. Tell people it's an excellent episode. <laughs> no, I keep I, it in. I think that is that is so hard to, especially somebody like you who you do take that stuff very personally. And I know that you were in mourning because you were a fan of Dale Earnhardt, and then to have something like that happen and get that feedback. But I think you did a good job. Well, thank you. And I did. And I did learn. Mm-hmm. I learned about like 
trying to like, I mean, you can apologize. Right. That's the other thing. Like you're not bulletproof. The other thing I learned is that there's this like millisecond that goes between your brain and your mouth. Mm. And I'm aware of that now. Right. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. I've got like, Are I've you? given my, well, more so than before. You think I'm not. Sometimes I just like to get wow. a rise out of you. Right. Uh, but, but I'm aware, like I've like my, I'm more aware of my tape delay than I used to be. Okay. Like I've created like an artificial tape delay. Sorry. Okay. So, you know, we, you survived that experience. You yes. moved up. Um, and then fast forward, bloop, 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 Penn gets a show on HGTV. He was one of the first hosts on HGTV. And, and Max, Max has an incredulous look on his face. Know that. Like, guys, right. he's colorblind, and he was a host of a show on HGTV. <laughs> they went many seasons. It Way too many seasons. Yes. <laughs> like, it was called it was, Designer Finals. Yep. Give us the tagline, honey. Um, or, is there a tagline? Or give us, oh, what was like, it about? Guess what? <laughs> this family has some drab decor. And they like to spruce things up in their living room. But here's the catch. A student's doing the designing. They've got two days and $2,000 to turn this living room into a giant success. But will they finish, finish in, in time? time? Every like bit of built-in drama was like not finishing in time. So Was the answer always yes, of course, because this no, is a show? No, they never finished in time, it was, but we oh, had to lie about it. Oh. Like it was like, Oh, and some behind the scenes knowledge. Oh, we've got a lot of his oh, behind the scenes knowledge. Not all of and this is as we, we were engaged at this time he was doing the show. Most of the people hated how their rooms Yeah, because they out. only had $2,000. <laughs> he had a college and kid. And it was a college kid. <laughs> and a colorblind host. <laughs> <laughs> and it certainly was not helping. I mean... I was not helping at all. And so, like, after the first episode... It's so, so funny. So, yeah. After the second episode, this family walks in. They go, oh. 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 oh uh, okay. Um, and the, uh, the executive producer asks them to go back outside and come back in and look more excited. This happened wow. several times. So wasn't several there, times. There was also one episode where the guy, the, the husband was a fan of golf. And just because you're a fan of golf does not need mm-hmm. does not mean you need golf decor everywhere. Right. They drilled a hole in the f- middle of the floor to make a putting area in the middle of the living room. Can you imagine like purposely putting a hole in the middle of your living room floor? Oh, I remember that. He was mad. And, and what would normally happen is on television, they'd be like, oh, great, great. And then there's like the, they, they wrap the show up and they always came to me afterwards. And they're like, is there any way they can put this back to the way it was when we first got started? I mean, a hole wow. in your living room yeah. floor. Can yeah. you imagine trying to sell that house? That's like, like a constant- trip hazard. Like, yeah. I'm just thinking instantly, like my grandmother's going to fall on that. Yeah. It's like the opening of... Um- the Dick Van Dyke show every single time. Walking yeah. in, trip, fall. Yes. Sorry, I made reference to like something 60 years <laughs> no, ago. Dick Van Dyke is my favorite. Like that's... <laughs> if, show your he's age. He's kind of my spirit animal, actually. Um, oh, so anyway, yeah, that show lasted for a bit. I was really shocked that they asked me to do it. And then when the first tapes came out, I was like waiting for them to fire me because I don't know anything about design. And everyone in the network loved the fact that I was an idiot. Well, yeah, you play. He, well, he 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 does that. He plays that role very well. Thank you. <laughs> so natural. Yeah, I know you're so natural at it. No, um, but it it was very honestly longest running TV. We've had a couple TV pilots out there, hmm. uh, but still, each, each one was between one and one episodes. <laughs> um, that is an episode 
uh, on this podcast coming up failed soon. TV pilots. Uh, we got to get in depth with all of your failed uh, pilots. And we uh, will. Fail, yes. We will, like, yeah, we'll, we'll just focus on kind of like our, our regular kind of local news. A teaser to the failed um, TV shows is that we met a bunch of executives over the, like ever since we made Christmas uh, jammies mm-hmm. and they all called us middle americans it was like they have a map of the united states so i will i will say in tv so on after hgtv and we've had a couple we've had amazing opportunities to get in rooms now with these you know executives like we're gonna give you your own daytime show we're gonna do all this but now i just assume everybody's lying to me we go to la at twice a year three times a year for these meetings and we're gonna do this and we're gonna do this and we're Mm. gonna do this i'm like we're never gonna hear from them again and it, that is how I think the Hollywood operates. I even heard Jerry Seinfeld talking about it. He's like, I've stopped taking meetings because most of the meetings are about things that will never happen. I'm like, oh, it's not just us. It's like really famous people, too. So the way the story continues, uh, she made it to Inside Edition. I made it to ABC Sports. And then I went back home and worked hard enough that I could be like an evening local news anchor. And um, we like we kind of decided that we didn't want to do this anymore. Like there was, there was something about broadcast news that felt, it didn't feel like exactly what we wanted to be doing. Am I correct about that? Like it well, was it's not a good lifestyle. Yeah. I, I think cause you work, you worked three, either 2am to noon or three to midnight. Um, so you, like for, you, yeah. as a parent, it's not a very good lifestyle. That being said, as a single person work three to midnight, go out West Palm beach where I worked one time, their clubs were open until four. I, like, and you was, always ended up dating great. other news people. Cause they were in the same boat as you. They would get off work at 1130 and like everyone yeah, shows met. up at the so, same time. Yeah, yeah. We all went to the same bar, all the, all the different, you know, all the guys from the Fox station and the CBS station, the ABC station. They all got along. And so he sits down, he was dating a girl who was very sweet. And I introduced myself, you know, the whole table i was new in town and i was like oh he goes hi my name is ben i thought his name was ben sure for for the first i mean and we didn't talk really after that until i saw him on tv and they put his they they flashed his name i'm like oh pen that's why he said because he said my name is ben like a tennis ball i'm like that's weird ben ben a tennis ball okay you ben tennis and so like Ben. keep expand on that well i no i you just i thought your name was ben tennis (laughs) <laughs> I, just I want didn't more get of it. what was in your head. Like, I, oh, ben was a, Ben is a tennis ball. No, ben, I was dating a Steve at that time, so it didn't really. Your third Steve. Yeah, uh, so it didn't really. I didn't really register, and you were dating a really cute person, so it didn't really register me that Ben Tennis would be somebody I would marry. <laughs> but I thought you were cute. Thanks, Henny. Yeah. <laughs> we worked in local news together for a bit. The HGTV thing happened. The Inside Edition thing happened. The ABC Sports thing happened. We had but what ha- I remember, though, I remember he got the job at ABC Sports, and we're in our apartment in New York, and we jumped up and down. I was like, this is it. This is the job you are going to have for the rest of your life. I-, I remember saying that. And within three months, everybody who hired him got fired. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, no, not so much with you. We're not doing that anymore. They, they, they switched from ABC Sports to ESPN taking it over, and ESPN <laughs> wanted everyone at that time. It's changed since then, but at that time, they wanted everyone to sound like this to drink kool-aid and anchor from saturday morning at 3 a.m until 10 a.m whammy like that's what they (laughs) that's what they wanted and i did not jive with them like i was doing silly me stuff and it just didn't work 
my 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 actual boss at abc she's still a good friend of mine when she left because she and i were kind of like a dream team um i was drifting through a through a like empty void and, they, and so yeah she's listening to this right now julie. in her apartment with her cat julie thinking about the good old days when we used to work together um, um no they and they, that's when they said okay you just write out your contract here's a paycheck so he basically was unemployed but because he had a contract got a paycheck hmm. so that's why he was able to visit me in inside edition and stuff like that so but but when i did become an actual news anchor it was so funny because um they approached me i was a sports anchor here in raleigh and they were like do you want to do news and i was like no um and they were like you're gonna do news <laughs> i was like okay because they got rid of the sports department basically everybody was getting TV fired station. i was yeah. like baby here's yeah, a script you're doing here's, news. yeah you're doing and news. the way that we did it and this is the, the last thing i'll say about local news and we can move on with our lives i had to do the morning shift oh so what was your schedule i had to be at the station at 3 30 a.m uh I mean, it's like I think fully that's dressed. I think showered, that, and, and the women have to come full makeup. So I they think come that's earlier. Ex- acceptable for like a surgeon. If you're saving somebody's life, you're a doctor. You sh- you could be getting up that early, and that makes sense. Well, the doctor doesn't need to be in full makeup. I know. Yeah, but that it, just on a family nice. lifestyle. So, what time was your alarm? Your alarm. Good question. I set my alarm at two fifty five. Because if I uh, slept until 2.56, I would be late to work. But 2.55, he was right on time. 2.54 would have been one minute less sleep that I would have gotten. Right. Um, I, I would go upstairs at 7 and say, good night, guys. Like 7 o'clock. And no, six, you went upstairs at 6. Sometimes I would go at 6 because I was exhausted. Oh, of course. Like, I, like, I'm not a good midday napper. There are like morning not people a good who would do, they would do a 4 and 4 shift. They'd sleep 4 hours at night. Then they'd go home and they'd sleep 4 more hours. I am groggy A.H., as heck um, family friendly after a nap and so like it affected everything it affected my mood it affected um my family heavily it affected my ability to say goodnight to my kids it affected like and, and no matter even if i got eight hours of sleep which happens sometimes i still felt like crap when i woke up at 255 because it was like it's your body's natural like circadian rhythm. Long term, it's just not good for you. We have friends that work the morning shift still, and God bless you. Um, so that it was it's a terrible and for our family, it, you know. But some people love that shift because then they can still pick their kids up from school and all that stuff. That's great. But for our family, it was not a good lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, and I'll I'll go dark here just for a second. We we worked in Orlando with a woman named Lisa Calagrassi. Uh, at WKMG, and she was a lovely, lovely woman. Um, and she got promoted to go work local news in New York, and she was in the morning shift there. And unlike, you know, Orlando or Raleigh, it was even more demanding. There, there may have been nights when you were sleeping two hours or three hours, and it wasn't like a quick six-hour shift. You were there uh, until the news was done, starting that early in the morning. She died, and yeah. in the funeral and in the days after, her mother. And you can look it up online, basically accused the network of working her daughter to death. Oh. And that, I mean, like th- that stuck to me big time, man, because I, f- like, I felt like something was off anyway, like that my, my neurons weren't firing the way that they were, no matter how much w- work I tried to yeah. get that, that shift plus that stress is incredibly taxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, again, you can yeah. look, you can look that up and, and make whatever decisions you want to. But that's people like they they want to get to the top of that pyramid when they're working in news, and they'll do anything for it. 
and sometimes it leads to really tragic like ends or like bad habits or like you know busted marriages all kinds of stuff being sleep deprived is no joke it's the worst the worst yeah Mm -hmm. that's why we stopped at two babies quite honestly yeah yeah (laughs) i I couldn't handle the sleep deprivation that went real dark yeah well you know i think that i like how we talk about the podcast while we're doing the podcast i think sometimes we should get get real okay no i i I'm, i'm not opposed to that okay uh, good times. So, so anyway, section of people that have died that I've known. Oh my gosh, I did that oh twice gosh. today. Yeah, yeah. This wow, that's the new title. Should, like of the things come in threes. Should I think Should of somebody I not else? Be really the producer quickly? on the show. Who's expendable it... here? <laughs> Max. <laughs> Uh, um, You're not expendable. You are. Oh. If, I, I am more expendable than you are in this podcast. Um, you should know this. I am more expendable. And oh yeah, Kim could do her own thing. She'd be I know. fine. Yeah, I really could. And you're out. All right, let me produce here right now. Oh, please. Uh, so we do have a question, and it it's funny that it kind of came up earlier. And I love that that we've spent a lot of. Kim started the show off, like literally started the show off opening, which was unique for the first episodes. Uh, so this is about Kim. Mm. Kim, there's a question by uh, on Instagram, at mom of three chicks. Mm. She asked, why doesn't Kim sing in the videos? In the videos. Kim doesn't sing in the videos because I don't have a very good voice. That's not true. Totally. I mean, we heard salt and pepper earlier. I mean, but that's not singing. That's more just like screaming loud for me um no i i am very self-conscious about my voice i don't have a trained singing voice i know it's shocking i don't have a good singing voice i don't i don't through all the like being in front of a camera and all you didn't do like school plays or sing or glee club choir i'm a backup dancer so which is important too well we've all seen the dancing and the choreography like can i answer that question more succinctly or succinctly both pronunciations are acceptable (laughs) This this is his milieu to mansplain uh, how yeah. to pronounce uh, things. Kim does not sing in the videos because Kim does not want to sing in the videos. Kim has a perfectly lovely voice, um, and I totally respect her uh, doing whatever she wants to. Like anything that we do in our music videos as a family, if we don't want to do it, we don't do it. Kim doesn't want to sing. Mm-hmm. There you go. Fair enough. Good enough yeah, answer. I, but I have to say. I mean, we just we went we took a trip to New York City and we saw Hamilton and we saw School of Rock. We brought the kids, and I think in my next life I want to come back as a Broadway singer because just to have that voice and to be able to sing like that, I yeah. I, I don't even think I would talk. I would just sing everything. I would <laughs> sing in my orders to the Chinese food. I would like everything. Yeah. Good talk. Make sure to put the duck sauce on the side. Exactly. Like that, like that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to do? Shall we do yes. a? Uh, yeah. Kim's. Okay. Uh, our, oh yeah. Maybe Kim, you want to get on the piano? No, I'm good. Honestly, after that question, I'm gonna have you sing one of the songs. No. One of the songs. Time for the instant talent show. My favorite part of the show because that means I get to do nothing and just sit here. You're gonna while sing. Pen plays. The piano. I want you to sing okay, at least one song. Okay, uh, uh, we really have had a lot of theme song requests. Mm. Um, this one, uh, One Day at a Time. Do you remember that one? Is that the one with Nell Carter? That's no, me, that's, that's Give Me a Break. break. Was, was George Clooney in any shows? He was in One Day at a Time. Oh, he was. He was the handyman. Oh, well, then that works into our George Clooney story. Something else today also said this is it. This is it. Kim interviewed George 
Underwear involved. Sorry. Okay. No. Is that does that work for you guys? Yes. Okay. Uh, let's think of another uh, song for him. Okay, Pen. Here's one that came in. Growing pains. Show, show me that smile again. The moon that star was Kurt Cameron. Now he is super religious. Yeah, he is. Now he is super religious. Now, yeah. Okay. He changed. <laughs> I, I, okay. I don't know the words. I just know that Kurt Cameron is like has his own planet from religion now. Right? Okay. Alan okay. Thick, R.I.P. Yeah. R- oh. In keeping with the theme. Oh, my, there's our third. Oh, Alan Thick. What happened there? What's it? Oh, yeah, nice. yes, yes. Oh, or not. Try it again. What do you mean, try it again? That was pretty good. I've never tried that before. I mean, I just try it again. Practice makes perfect. Yes. Nice. Oh. Yeah, what would the words be, honey? It goes like, I used to work for this place. They didn't like my face. So they fired me after two <laughs> years. Two years. Sorry, is that good? <laughs> they fired. They didn't like That's something. Face. Two years. Two years. Then I got fired. Is there anything else? I got fired after two years. Two years. Okay, guys. Thanks for listening to the Holder Mess. <laughs> Email us your questions at holdermess, M-E-S-S, podcast at gmail.com. You can find us at Facebook and Instagram. We're the Holderness family. Make sure to subscribe. Oh. hope you have a great day thanks for listening ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.